the business was thinking more about the what we do and talking a lot about what we do. Mm. They then spoke a lot about how we did it. And often what you didn't hear was people talking about why. Why why do we do what we do? Yeah. And you know, turning that conversation and including everybody in that conversation around the mm. customer. Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners, experts and thought leaders in the field of business resilience. Do enjoy the episode. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of Mike England. Uh, good afternoon to you, Mike. Hi there. Thanks for uh, allowing me to join you today. Yes, yeah, good to see you and uh, to speak to you today. Uh, you are the Group Chief Operating Officer at the RS Group, a FTSE 100 company worth over $4.4 billion globally. Uh, you've got a track record in P&L, commercial, digital, and transformation leadership roles in international businesses, and you're passionate about people. Uh, you're known for the ability to achieve positive cultural change and high employee engagement. Uh, you're an advocate for diversity, inclusion, mental and physical health, and well-being. And you're also committed to building a more sustainable world, inspiring the next generation of diverse talent and active in supporting and promoting charity and community work. Uh, so talking about a lot about people, a lot about passion today, and you have your, your perp- personal purpose is to energize, empower, and encourage, which I'm sure we'll touch on as well. And today we'll be exploring how to create a purpose-led culture. But before we go into that, Mike, I'd just like to ask, what do you love about what you do? Yeah, thank you. Um, Firstly, I haven't um, swum any oceans uh, or climbed up too many mountains like some of your other guests. So, um, <laughs> I, unfortunately, I, 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 uh, I'm going to be talking more in the business context. But some of those podcasts that you've produced are really inspirational. Um, so, thank you for for those. Um, but for me, what do I love every day? Um, it's being motivated to make a difference. It's being inspired um, that there is a, a greater good. Um, over and above, you know, coming to work and driving, you know, profit for um, our shareholders. Um, it's about creating an environment um, which is um, exciting for everybody and, and a real sense of belief um, that we're achieving something amazing together every day. And practically, we can then look back on those achievements, celebrate success, celebrate failure, um, but know that we've done everything we can um, to achieve the unachievable. And I just think that that, for me, is just something that inspires me as a human being and as an individual. It seems that that thread through what you've been saying there is all about inspiring, obviously, obviously yourself, but also inspiring individuals. And we're going to be exploring how to create a, a sort of purpose-led sort of culture. But I think it'd be good as a as a star point because I always like to get a real clarity on on this uh, podcast. Is you know how would you define purpose mike where would we start with that well start with the dictionary um i I looked that up this morning because i thought you might ask me that question um definition one um the reason purpose the reason for which something is done or created um definition two a person's sense of resolve or determination um uh, what purpose isn't is a vision 
or a mission statement or something that's slapped on the wall. It's something that each individual personally connects with, believes in, and understands what their contribution is towards that. And if I just think about my personal purpose, um, and just quickly mention that as, as you did, um, my my dad, um, very wise, always said to me, Mike, avoid the two E's, explanations and excuses in life. Um, and that always made me very action orientated to get things done um, and to, um, to overcome um, any hurdles in my way. So, you know, I've learned a lot about purpose. I've thought a lot about purpose, but we all need a purpose when we get up every single day. If we don't have a purpose, we don't have a drive, we don't have that determination, we don't have that motivation. We did a great exercise um, a little while ago with all of the leaders across the business, which is now being cascaded down more broadly. And it was really to try and understand our own personal purpose and to put in words, a few words, that personal purpose. So I took my dad's advice of the two E's and I decided on three E's, which was to energize, um, to uh, to empower and to encourage. You thought you'd and go it, one better than your dad, eh? Yeah, absolutely. You've got to go one more. It's generational. Um, but I think what's really important to me with purpose is, you know, this is something that resonates with us individually in everything that we do in life. So if I if I just step away from work and think about my children, I've got two boys you know, I energize them every day. I inspire them as a parent um, to, to achieve everything that they can achieve. I want to empower them um, to make sure that they can try new things, to try new experiences. And I want to encourage them when things are really difficult, um, because I think it's really important, even if they're failing, to be there to, to encourage them. And it's it's no different in the working environment. And just a word on my, on my eldest son. You know, when he was six, he overcame life-threatening illness, which was um, cancer. Um, and if there was ever a, re a requirement to have a sense of purpose, um, actually, you know, that really resonates. So, you know, pu purpose is personal to each and every one of us. It's different in each event, in each of in each and every one of us. But if we can all combine together our collective purposes in life towards the, the overall purpose and belief of the company and organization that we work for, that's a very, very powerful, very, very powerful way of driving um, outcomes and high performance yeah and it's interesting isn't it because we as you touched on the subject of of personal purpose because we all have a, our own sort of meaning to life and what gets out of bed what gets us excited and what will sort of make us do those things and motivational and we know that you know purposeful organizations um have higher retention um they have um higher sort of uh, employee satisfaction and they also which I think often people forget about, they have higher profits as well, uh, which is, uh, I know stake, uh, st um, shareholders like that, clearly. So we know that purpose is important from an individual perspective, and you know it's important from a, I suppose a, an organisational. How do we bridge that gap when, you know, Mike England, where you work now, you have a, your purpose, and then you, your organisation has a purpose. How do we make sure they're aligned, and how do we, how do we sort of bring that, mishmash together in an organization the, the first observation i'd make is you, you mentioned two really great outcomes um, of why purpose-led organizations and i won't they're not my statistics they're they're it's well recorded in terms of driving higher employee engagement 
um, and higher performance and higher profitability and higher shareholder value. The third one um, actually is around customer satisfaction. Um, and purpose-led organizations um, you know, are proven to drive higher customer satisfaction and ultimately the net promoter scores are, are higher. And those three outcomes are really important to consider as business leaders as to why purpose-led is important. Um, the core to any purpose-led organization is firstly to recognize why it exists in the first place. Uh, and that's a big question for a chief executive. It's a, it's a big question for a leadership team. Um, every organization was originally set up to fulfill um, a gap in society, um, whether that be a product or services, and then make it better. Um, and to be purpose-led, ultimately, in my view, and I, and I believe that's something that, that, that we believe as a, as a leadership team and as a group of individuals, it's very much about um, keeping right at the forefront in everybody's minds the people, the customers, the communities that we ultimately serve. Because if we can really truly understand the needs of our customers, the needs of our suppliers, the needs of our employees, the needs of our communities around us, the needs of the planet, then that really helps us to define very, very clearly that great sense of, of purpose. Mm -hmm. And then when that gets boiled down to a very clear understanding and belief across the whole enterprise, it galvanizes everybody together around that purpose. And it allows everybody then to bring their own purpose towards that and connect emotionally and connect together across the teams. And then when you bring diversity and inclusion into that and you can really bring creativity, new ideas, that's when you, know, you start to see the magic happen. So we know that purpose um, creates all these wonderful outcomes on every level. Um, and there's, there's, as you say, there's lots of data out there, lots of studies that have been done out there. If you're an organization right now and perhaps you want to be more purpose-driven, uh, where, do, where do we need to start to try and get on that journey? Because And you've taken organizations on this journey and developed those culture. And it's it's an easy thing to say, you know, and I say it a lot to organizations, you're more purpose-driven, you'd be more this, that, and you all these... But the how bit is is the difficult bits and the more complex bit. And it's, you know, what are the key things we need to start with? And I, I think it'd be nice to understand from your own experience and perhaps, you know, share, obviously not giving anything away, but in terms of some examples from your own sort of career. Yeah. Um, that is the million-dollar question. Um, you know, the first thing's for sure, this doesn't happen overnight and you have to work at it and you need real alignment um, across the whole business in order to ensure that um, a business can, can transition to become more purpose-led. But I would say that there are five key elements um, to success. Um, and this isn't out of a textbook. This is just um, my, my view, um, but it's certainly you know, from my experience. The first is accepting, and for every leader in, in the business, at whatever level they operate, is to accept that people come first. It is the people within an organization that drive the contact with customers, the contact with suppliers, they run the operations. They're the ones that are ultimately there every day making it happen. And so by truly spending time connecting with our people, listening to people, understanding what is happening both in the business but also in their interactions with customers, in their interactions with suppliers, being out in the marketplace, 
that's a great starting point um, as, as rule number one. Um, and with that, thinking carefully around the environments that you want to bring your people together um, in order to work, um, which I'll come on to. But I think, you know, number one, people are your most valuable asset. Um, and it's about spending time um, to listen and to learn from the people. How do you make that reality? Because I know we all, you know, we, a lot of people quote, that, you know, people are your greatest asset. And we've all heard that over years. And I have and it's sort of kind of a bit like, oh, yeah, really? Um, it's all about the profits, really. How do, as, as a leader, get over that sort of mm. slight negative overtime that's happened over years? Because in some companies, it's not been the, the greatest asset. or the, It's not come out that way. How do you truly make people your greatest assets uh, as a reality? So visible leadership, I think, is, is absolutely critical. You know, being present, you know, removing the spans and layers that exist in an artificial way and actually getting right across the organization and spending time as leaders talking to the teams, understanding the work that they do, understanding the challenges and the problems that they face, understanding the opportunities, listening and learning. There's always going to be choices. There's going to be things that can be done. There's going to be things that can't be done. Um, but if leaders are open to listen, and they're there to support and encourage people on the ground, that's a really good starting point. Mm -hmm. um, and it's important that leaders are able to span across layers of organisational complexity to ensure that there isn't a big divide between the very top of a company, if I may use that language, um, to, to the bottom of a company. Mm -hmm. Actually, everybody is, is contributing towards the success of the business, and everybody mm -hmm. should be seen to be equal in a company, but it's about creating conversation to start with. Um, and with that, um, you've got to then, and the, and the second point I was going to talk about was understanding the why, understanding what is the belief, what is that overriding purpose that everybody is there coming to work every day to achieve. Um, so my advice there would be read a great book by Simon Sinek, um, which is called Start With Why. I'm sure you've probably had podcasts that have mentioned this in the past, but I, I was given that book now over 20 years ago, maybe 15. I probably got my dates wrong. Um, but, you know, I, I keep that book with me. And it's a great reminder um, of the golden circle, which is that, you know, understand your why first, then understand the how you do it, and then understand what you do. Um, certainly when I joined RS Group um, just over almost seven years ago, um, the business was thinking more about the what we do and talking a lot about what we do. Mm. They then spoke a lot about how we did it. And often you, and what you didn't hear was people talking about why. Why Why do we do what we do? Yeah. And you know, turning that conversation and including everybody in that conversation around the mm. customer and how do we put the customer right at the heart of, of what we're doing, thinking about their needs, understanding the different types of customers, and spending more time pointing everybody towards the customer, the service that's being provided. That really helps then to shape the value proposition. It helps mm. to shape the way in which people work. It's, it's absolutely critical. A, a really great example, practical example. We as a team, um, uh, gosh, it must have been six years ago, created um, – this idea of having customer personas. And we, we got everyone in the organization who wanted to get involved to design um, their, their customer. Um, draw a picture of your of, of a customer. Um, and it could be 
in our world because it's servicing typically the engineer or the buyer. It could be the design engineer. Um, it could be somebody that is running a factory. Um, and we, we chose around 25 of these customer personas and we had them made into life-size freestanding cardboard cutouts. Um, and they had a caption. Um, you know, there was, there was um, Pippa from purchasing um, and her requirement was to you know, reduce total, total cost of procurement. Um, and so we then placed these customer personas around the business um, and we, we asked people to take the customer personas into meetings so that there was always a customer in the meeting. So the, the conversation got directed towards, well, what will Pippa want? What will Pippa be thinking about as the customer? Um, it was fun, but it was also extremely powerful mm. in turning the conversation away from often an internal conversation, which mm. can be you know, cross-functional, you know, more complex businesses, you know, it, it can get you stuck, towards practically talking about, well, what are we all doing here today that's going to help Pippa to be more successful. Um, mm. So, you know, really, really spending time understanding the why in the eyes of the customer. Um, and and the, the, greatest, um, the greatest moment, by the way, of the customer personas was when we sent them on a coach um, to a board meeting, which was fantastic. Um, what, and, the, and the personas? The personas, yeah. yeah they all had a seat <laughs> on the bus and they were taken off down to the board meeting, which was which was great fun. You were taking this really too far then, weren't you, Mark? Because they were on airplanes, <laughs> oh. they were flying all over the place, weren't they? <laughs> you, you, you can't not have a bit of fun as well. Um, there, was a, there was a diary of a persona coming out of this as well. Wasn't there? I'm sure <laughs> there's something. I think, I think that's a really good idea. It's interesting how creating that sense of meaning or that why, that an understanding in every level is why then people then go, the reason I'm doing this, whatever I'm doing part of the process of this business, is attached to a, a bigger purpose, a bigger meaning, a bigger yeah. impact. But I really like the idea of that custom persona bringing that physically. <laughs> it, it, you can't, I mean, and it's there's funny side to it, but I think there's some real impact. Well, that's why you had real impact with that. What's your thoughts on, when you talked about Sam Sinek and, and obviously, you know, understanding your why, um, do you think it's important for individuals in organizations to understand their why as well and do you think there's a a risk for people to know their why and suddenly realize oh i don't want to work here anymore <laughs> i want to be doing whatever my why is i've really i've discovered something no i think i think it's a cascade so um in, deti- in determining the why um so you know in the concepts of rs group we spent a lot of time engaging with people around the organization, really trying to understand the essence of, of, of why. And you know, we, we, we created um, our purpose, which is a making amazing happen for a better world. Um, you know, and, and whilst, you know, how do you relate to that in the sense of you know, supplying industrial products and services around the world globally, the essence of the business was around making amazing happen um, for a better world. And, and that's all about ultimately for our customers, for our suppliers, for our employees, for our communities and for and for our um, shareholders. And underneath that, we created um, um, three, three layers, really. One which was um, inspiring to make a difference. So, you know, it's OK to be completely out there and spend you know, a proportion of your time just thinking about the new and the different, um, because if we stand still. But that could be about how we pack a box in a warehouse all the way through to creating a completely new channel to market. Mm. Um, The second was around um, um, innovating to make more possible. So it's creating 
this notion that you know we want people to be all the time innovating that's linked to continuous improvement but it's also getting people to think mm. about you know even even processes that slow you down how do you just innovate to make them better mm. and finally it was about delivering um to make it happen and and you know ultimately as a distribution company so sending out 65,000 parcels a day you know every single one of those deliveries is going to help a manufacturing facility or a utility company or a school or a hospital to continue to keep the lights on or to keep their production lines running or to, or to make sure that we're helping them to build in their in their production environment so by creating that framework mm. around purpose making amazing happen for a better world inspiring innovating delivering mm. we spent then lots of time across the organization inviting our teams to just talk about that Talk about what it means to them. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're working within a distribution center, what are you doing every day to inspire? Either inspiring your colleagues or inspiring yourself. What are you doing every day to innovate, to think differently about how you might want mm-hmm. to make that process better? What are you doing every day to make sure that we deliver? Deliver as a team or deliver the results or deliver the parcel. So to your point, when people are then linking their own purpose and their own why to the company purpose actually it's very easy to start to think about within that framework how everybody can contribute towards mm. that that's fantastic that's great and it's great that you you know cascaded it you know through teams and create that sort of tangible way of i suppose tapping into that purpose and really sort of understanding it and, and what it means for them in their department as individual because i think that's the tricky bit always is to take that almost top level thing and bring it into the every person who understands it and grapple with it for themselves because we all have our own different perspective mm-hmm. so you talk about people first and i like the idea of being people first talk about understanding your why you've got three more to yes i just keep interrupting you you see that's what it is <laughs> now the, the third which i think um which i think we're covering off is is around change your communication style and technique as a business you know there the, the has to be a much more modern approach to communication um i people that know me know that i love making short three minute videos um you know and sending them out regularly um to the teams um, and they might just be you know here we are today you know we're visiting this person in this environment and let's look at what we're doing um you know it could be relaying a message but everything was always very much purpose focused you know mm. so constantly you know bringing that to life and and actually you know more leaders actually it started to enjoy making the videos and and you know you start to over time create a movement of change of communication mm. um but you know, that active two-way communication is really important having invo- having opportunities to have small coffee sessions you know, not big groups, because not everybody wants to speak in a large environment. So having small environments where people can share their thoughts, share their views in a mm. safe environment. So really, you know, insisting to create safe environments where people right across the business can come together and feel very open um, to be transparent, to talk about what's going well, to talk about what's not going well, to talk about where they don't understand the conversation around mm. purpose. And as a leader, you've got to, all the leaders have to be, um, empathetic, but they've also got to be humble um, to be able to allow space and time in their communication to listen as well as to mm. to talk, and that was really critical. And you know, I thought that COVID 
for all of the challenges, brought some unbelievable opportunities for communication. I mean, look at us here today, um, live, you know, digitally. And, you know, we really embraced that, actually. And uh, we created a leadership movement um, event where we would have a global um, uh, digital event um, before we might get 100 leaders together physically. Um, we had 1,200 leaders on one call from around the world, um, wow. uh, from America, from Asia, Pac, from, from across Europe, from Africa and the Middle East, um, all on one call. And it was a two-hour window, but we were going. We would make that very purpose-orientated. Mm. We'd be showcasing success. We would be talking about purpose and action. But it wouldn't be the leaders. It was never the leaders at the top of the company driving that. Mm. We brought evangelists from the organisation to drive those leadership movement events, and that was very, very powerful because never before have we been able mm. to connect all of the work, all the workforce together, and starting to bring that to life. And then recognizing that how we might want to deploy our purpose in Australia or China or in America might be different to how we were, we're subtly deploying that within Germany or within South Africa or within the UK because you know we've got different cultures. We've got slightly different dynamics in our, in our market, size, scale, maturity, culture. Um, but it was just wonderful to see that come to life and then get some external speakers to come and help to, to inspire as well. Um, so I think communication, changing that communication approach, embracing technology um, and on those leadership events, you know, having it translated in live, live time into more than six different languages as well was really fantastic. Well, it, it's, it's, it goes back to your first point and which I think sort of seems to be almost a, a thread through all of how you, you operate really this people first piece, you know, how you communicate and you, you, and obviously you gave some examples there of, you know, the big stuff, small stuff, but also bringing people in, not just leaders, you know, making it accessible, being present. Uh, but it, it's having that intent, that sense of people first, how best can I communicate this person in a different language, different culture, or they like to be in a big room. They like to just be a one-on-one. -on -one. It's, it's, it, there's no one size fits all, but it, it's customizing it. And if you have that mindset of people first, which you you have, then you you steer around that, and that becomes quite a guiding light, doesn't it? How can I be best people first in this in this scenario? Um, and it, it makes you more, I would say, more servant type leadership as well, yeah. rather than saying it's all about me. It's actually all about them, and how best can I? And if they don't get understand it, it's because I'm I'm failing them to to communicate well. I think that's yeah. it's it's turning thing around. And so yeah, I really like that sort of. Uh, approach and I, I, I like that people first it's, it's, it's a good good starting point and then um, I think the, for, the fourth point I was going to mention was just just visible engaging leadership and I think we've covered that um, yeah. you know quite a lot and, and with that you know investing time and creating the right environments whereby you can you can have those conversations and, and you can have have that interaction and then allowing people and to, to be empowered to, to you know to my point earlier and to be able to be trusted to go off now and drive that into the business um, in the way that they want to drive it into the business and not to try and make it too structured into, into too big a framework around that. Um, I think that um, that visible engaging leadership um, goes a long way. Um, equally, you know, we've, we've embraced um, a lot of the big topics around diversity. You know, we've got a lot of large employee forums across the or communities across the business, whether that be to do with Elevate, which um, I've been very 
proud to chair, um, which is promoting women um, in the business and just listening and understanding the challenges of being a working mum and trying to hold down a full-time job, mm. you know, and what can we do as leaders to improve that? You know, that's all part of being purpose-led um, or whether it be, um, you know, focusing around, um, you know, the the ethnic diversity across the business and really truly understanding, you know, what it feels like to be a minority within the business and how do we, you know, use our, use the company. So I think it's creating those, um, it's creating those communities where people feel that they have a voice and that they feel listened to and that there's going to be action that drives from that. And then, as I said earlier, the working environment is critical. Um, you know, if I go back six to seven years ago, you know, the, the offices were fairly drab, you know, sort of playback to 1980, cheese plants, terracotta tiles, lots of brown. Um, and whilst there is an investment decision and there's capital allocation required, you know, to, to make investments in, in the working environment, and you could now argue to say it's a very different environment, full stop. You know, refurbishing offices, relocating offices to create more open plan environments, to think about creating more space where people can just go and break out and have conversations together is absolutely critical. And one of the realizations that, that, that came really strongly to me when we started to talk about the customer and, the, and we started to map the customer journey from a customer's first interaction right the way through to them returning a product and everything in between. When you started to map the teams and where they got involved in that journey and how critical one team was to another team. So the content team, for example, you know, is absolutely critical to creating a great web experience. You know, but but we can't create the right content unless the people talking to suppliers, you know, are working with the suppliers to ask for the right content with the right product assortment and um, right the way through to making it really easy digitally for customers to pay. Um, you know, and to return products. So you know, what, what we found was that, you know, the only way to drive a purpose-led organization to success and to drive high performance is to ensure that everyone understands the role they play, but also how that connects with all the other different teams. And in any large organization, the biggest risk is silo mentality. The biggest risk is everybody sort of, you know, conforms to the hierarchy of the business. And it's how do you break down that hierarchy and make the business almost, you know, flow more or more to the mm. customer journey and outcomes that's going to drive performance rather than organizational design. And again, I think that was a really big change in the business. So that we created those workplaces where the digital team could come together with the product team, with the marketing mm. team, with the brand team, and everybody could have great open conversations. Whereas those walls were pretty firm between functions um, in the past, breaking those walls down, creating that openness. That's what I mean when I talk about visible engaging leadership and giving time and mm. space to create the right environments for people to really do their best work. Well, that's not just visibly in the context of, you know, being visible. That's literally taking walls down visibly, <laughs> sort of um, and breaking down those barriers uh, more than just metaphorically. Um, and just before we finish, you had a, a number five, because I want people to go away. They started with five. We, we're at four now. So <laughs> I don't want to disappoint people because they're not hanging on there and they're writing notes because I'd, I'd like to write some notes on this, I think. Um, so what would be your final, um, I guess, um, way of, of creating this purpose-driven culture? It's aligning objectives and incentives. You know, in in the end, you know, we, we want to come to work to achieve great things. Um you know, we, we also want to drive high performance. So the more that we can align objectives, 
to my point around the different teams, you know, driving to a common purpose. And if we can really truly understand how all of those objectives and all of the incentive plans in the business all bubble up to achieve, you know, that purpose ultimately, that's then going to deliver value creation for our shareholders, which is all, which is delivering profit to the bottom line. We, we mustn't lose sight of that. Then we got a full house. Um, and I think, you know, that people understanding that, that ecosystem that I've just described is absolutely critical. And as I say, that is not easy. It takes time. Um, but, you know, with effort and with everybody pointing in the same direction, mm. increased employee engagement, increased customer satisfaction, increased performance and profit. And just before we finish, a final question to you, really. What do you perceive the obstacles in leadership for building a, a purpose driven culture open-mindedness it's the ability to be much more open-minded to doing things differently and um, not being afraid of change um, not being afraid to surround yourself with the very best talent um, and the, the good of the company and the success of the company is always far greater and more important than any individual. Mm. But the collective power of every individual combining the forces of their purpose towards one purpose is what ultimately allows organizations mm. to thrive. Mike, it's been a great pleasure talking to you today. And it's not only you coming out with little business book type of scenarios of how to do this, you've actually done this. And so you're not only you explain it really well, the process and the thought process behind it all, but also you've seen it in, in action and you've actually delivered on this. So we're talking to some, somebody in ex, with experience. That's really important for people to know that. Um, if people want to connect with you and engage with you, uh, what's the best way of doing that? Uh, LinkedIn. Perfect. That's usually the best way. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Well, really appreciate you coming on today and sharing your thoughts on how to uh, uh, build a, a purpose-driven culture and uh, yeah thank you for your time my pleasure and thank you thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode if you do like this episode then please do rate review and share with your friends and colleagues as a coaching practice we coach high performing leaders and teams with extreme ambitions we'll help you to go beyond what you believe is possible if this sounds like you then let's have a conversation with me Contact me at julianrobertsconsulting.com. <laughs>